Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We're here to apologize for your brackets because uh, they probably, if they're anything like ours, don't look so hot. Uh, Nathan Stacken and my good friend Travis Crins joining me here, who will talk plenty March Madness here. There are a couple of heavier topics to discuss uh, later on in the podcast, so uh, just a heads up on that. But, Mr. Travis Crins, I'd like to congratulate you on your upcoming nuptials. Congratulations to, you and, yes. congratulations to you and Melissa on getting engaged. Thank you. We're looking at uh, June 18th of next year. Okay. So, looking at the, going somewhere in Sioux Falls, the Arboretum. Okay. On the east side of town, we're seeing if that's a location. So, only concern is if it's big enough, it's about 125 people. Uh, it holds 94 inside, and there's some outside stuff, so... They're redoing some stuff, so we're going to go over there Saturday and see what what they've got going on. Very good. Any details you'd like to provide, or like, uh, did this happen before the tournament last week? Uh, Yeah, I forgot to. Yeah, it happened before the tournament. Marcus was over, and I was looking at my bowl. I think I mentioned my bowls rings. You know, Mm -hmm. yep, my replica bulls rings, and there was a. uh, What do you call them? The big, uh, the big rings, the sucker rings. Oh, a ring pop. The ring pops. The ring pops were in there. That's how she proposed with a ring pop in my... I kind of spoiled it because I found it before I should have. But uh, I showed Marcus, hey, look at these. Marcus, I hadn't showed him the uh, the rings yet. And some of them, some reason, there was a blow pop sucker ring, blow ring, in uh, in amongst the uh, the championship rings for the Bulls. So that's how uh, well, that went down. And then uh, we got our actual ring yesterday. Uh, we went down to Riddle's Jewelry and... Got an actual one. I don't really need one, but I'm sure I'll get one at some point. Oh, and, yes. Yep. Um, and the, so that's how that went down. Very cool. Very cool. And a fine choice by going to Riddles. That's where uh, uh, I got uh, Kelsey's ring and as well as my ring. So excellent choice there. Uh, well, congratulations. Uh, uh, looking forward to... to uh, You're invited. You're invited. Well, very good. Very good. I appreciate that. Looking forward to... You made the list. I got about... I made a list yesterday. Okay, how many people... Uh, some of them I don't want them to come, but I'm sure they, hopefully some of them don't come. Mm-hmm. But you feel obligated to, hey, we got to invite this person. Yep, yep absolutely. Uh, it's, uh... I mean, you're, you're at a big wedding. I, I've got 73 on my list. She's got maybe 40-some. Um, obviously, not all of my 73 are going to be there. Yep. 60 show up, 65, that'd be plenty. How many of you feel like you had a big oh, reception? Uh, did everybody that came to the wedding go to the reception? I'm sure there were a few. Uh, here and there, we have more people come to the reception than the yes. than the service. Um, but we had, I think, so if my math serves me correct, you guys have about like a hundred and twenty ish combined uh, there the, with your list. I had, uh, I think, we each had over a hundred and twenty some people from Jeepers. each of our families and stuff. And then you had like the the parents well, and stuff. Like, well, can you invite uh, Jill? I mean, she's your like friend, a good friend, and blah blah blah. Yeah. So, uh, if the parents haven't jumped in with a few invites, I'm, they have. I'm, they they have. have. Okay. I, I um, called them last night and said, "Am I missing anybody?" And there were a couple names here, so some family friends. So. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, I don't know what the rough estimates are. I think it's like between sixty. Like if you send out three hundred invites, you might get sixty percent back. I think it's like anywhere between sixty to eighty percent. Always. Well, that would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Always go for the. Uh, the up 
uh, like toward the upside of it, like guess that you're going to get way more. And then if you get fewer, uh, whether you want to be pleasantly surprised or um, upset by it, so be it. Um, but that I think is the, um, I, I think that's where you kind of have to look at, like at the list and, and the the overall projection of, of guests who can make it or not. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of things in Sioux Falls, so since uh, most of the people are in, in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we looked at the Japanese gardens in Sioux Falls. That's where I had senior pictures taken 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, which would be fine, but we don't know until November. Then we don't want to wait until November to uh, to see if we got it or not. Some Something you have to fill out there. So. Is the Arboretum where you could have the reception as well? Is that... Yeah, everything's going to be there. Okay. Um, from 3 to 9, apparently, when we're going to rent this place out. So it's going to end, I think, fairly early, like 9 o'clock. Okay. Uh, we gotta, we got to be out of there by 10. And we have to set up and tear down or put things away. Mm. So I feel like... Can we do that, like, the day before? Because wedding's at 4.30 potentially and setting up at three o'clock before all the chairs and shit. I was like, that, that, that needs to be done the day before. Right. So you got pictures uh, and stuff in there too, that you'll, you'll have to do. <clears throat> uh, it's, um, yeah, it's a I, process. Re- I it's remember, a problem, yeah. I remember going to a reception at the Sioux Falls arena in one of those oh. uh, big conference rooms there. Uh, it was just the reception. The wedding was somewhere else, but convention center. Yeah, yeah, at the convention center. So that was, um, that was interesting. Uh, just, I, I mean, yeah, it would makes it makes perfect sense. It was a very nice uh, time and stuff. But yeah, you have to kind of get out of there. And I remember for us, we had to get out of there by by midnight and stuff, and kind of clear stuff out so they could get in the next morning yeah. and get set up for the next people. And I think they only had to pull out like four or five footballs from the. From the lights, uh, 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 the light. Charlie, Charlie may have been responsible for maybe a couple of <laughs> He wouldn't be. It, but, uh, he wouldn't be the only one. Footballs were flying all over the place uh, yeah, that well, night. It was bound to happen about 10, 11 o'clock. So it was yep. bound to happen. Yep, yep. So very good. Well, very good. Congratulations to you both, and I look uh, look forward to being there uh, to celebrate with you, and uh, looking forward to hearing how things are progressing over the next year and uh, three months. I feel like we're almost done with this, even though it happened like a week ago, because you got the place. It's not a big wedding. Um, you got to get your dresses and your, your suits and whatnot. That's a ways away. And okay. we've got the DJ and camera guy. Apparently, it's the same guy. Yes, we've got that. And hopefully, this place works. So, if we've got that, I don't know. It's like we're pretty much done, I would think. Like, yeah. we could do it like this this June. But uh, we've got a wedding in Denver in July, and we've got another cousin of mine. He's getting married in June. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait till next year, but I feel like it's it's about done. It's great so. that you got all that stuff done right now yeah. and, and ahead of time. It makes things uh, heading into the wedding then that much easier. Yeah. i got, I got to tell you, if you if you do the, the taste testing and stuff for the dinner and stuff, that was one of my oh, favorite parts. And it wasn't just the, the cake because I think we actually had uh, one, I think Kelsey's one of Kelsey's mom's friends um, made our cake and um, 
if you recall, there there were desserts that we had out for people, like just like cookies, bars, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was like a piranha on a bunch of uh, people in in Brazil mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, in the in the uh, in the Amazon River and stuff. They 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 just devoured the desserts. I think they were all gone within ten minutes. But if you do do like cake testing and the like taste testing for the meal and stuff. Um, that that was very good. We uh, I, I enjoyed that. Apparently, we're trying to do a food truck of some sort with Ooh. pizza and something else. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how you let's say a hundred people show up to this thing and let's say they all want pizza. How do you make a hundred, you know, smaller pizzas? How do how, how many do you make at a time? I just that's my question. And, and they sure. do catering stuff, so obviously they can do this. My question is, how in the hell do you get through a hundred people? Uh, through a food truck. Well, that's where um, that's where you make, make people. That food really doesn't take three hours. Right. That's where you tell people like you make uh, make sure food people order. order like yeah tell ahead of time this is what we are going to want for the for the eats like this is you know have a couple different options for them and then based on that the food truck or you know food trucks or whatever can can have the the equipment or have the have the food ready there ahead of time. So, yeah. so those are my questions. Yep. And they, you you will get those answers, uh, no doubt about it. Well, again, congratulations on that. And um, uh, I'm still waiting for answers as to what the hell is going on in March Madness uh, because I, again, I, I just feel like a dumbass, Krenz. I really do. I, I mean, I'm, I'm 17, so you know, there's about 70 brackets this year. Yes, it's, it's, fewer than, it's fewer than in most years. I anticipated that. I didn't go... I didn't hound certain people. Yeah, like, hey. like tournaments that probably didn't help. Right, and I didn't hound certain people. I'm like, okay, you know what? If you want to do it this year, that's fine. If you don't, because you know what? We had VCU that had to pull out because they had a, a positive COVID test. I'm like that could happen. So, um, you know, so between was at 27. So between me not um, uh talking to as many people this year it'll be better next year i'm gonna say i'm gonna make the push for 100 next year again uh hopefully we get that in a more normal setting i mean it's been great that the games have been on but here i thought like oh okay i'm gonna take you know we trust winthrop here to to get the job done well no they 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 crapped out the big 10 okay illinois let's get to, to the final four and even the championship game you're playing really well going in well you you basically don't even show up against Loyola Chicago, though I will say that Loyola Chicago as an eight seed, vastly underseeded. They should have been, if you look at Ken Palm, they should have been like a, a three or a four. I probably wouldn't have gone quite that high. I would have maybe gone a six, but certainly that was a, a, a difficult matchup and probably something that sh- the committee shouldn't have done to Illinois. Uh, and then you see the big upsets with Oral Roberts taking down Ohio State. You see... Um, Oh God! Ohio State and Iowa. Just all the, I mean, the Big yeah. Ten. The Big Ten just bad. It's bad. Shoot the bets up here. So they said they had to get one team in the Final Four. If you've got four of the top eight seeds like they did, you had two ones, you had two twos. You need to get one of those teams to the Final Four. And Michigan's still alive, but uh, boy, it was bad. And you can add Iowa to the list of yes. teams like Villanova and Virginia and Georgetown of teams that we just cannot trust yep. until they do something in a, in a tournament because yep. they're not. 
they're just not a good tournament team. Absolutely, I think you know we can put some more trust in Wisconsin, but I can't take I can't take in all good faith and consciousness. I don't think I can take a Big Ten team very far next year past the Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight. Um, I, I just I can't you know you get burned by them too many times. You had nine teams in the tournament. You have one remaining. Uh, the Pac-12 is showing out right now like none other. Uh, so maybe I have to go more on the Pac-12 side uh, next year. I just it's it's a very it's very weird year. And I'll, I do think that some of these upsets that we have been seeing are in part because there's no geographical advantage this year for the Ohio states and. Um, you know, some and these one seeds, you know, like Gonzaga, they're not pl- being able to play out on the West Coast. They all have to play in Indianapolis. The arenas aren't full. 25% capacity, I think, at most. It just it doesn't have quite the feel of a normal tournament. You don't have the bands. You don't have the cheerleaders. The, the, so the overall atmosphere is different than in normal years. But there is a tournament. There are fans there. Um, but I do think that has played a role in, in some of these upsets uh, because and I think in part some of these teams just think they're going to win on talent alone, and it's clear that that's not the case. I mean, just look at Abilene Christian and or I'll look at Illinois and Loyola Chicago. I think Illinois just thought they would get by uh, Sister Jean no problem, uh, but that wasn't the case. And then you look at a team like Abilene Christian, the 14 seed taking down Texas, the three seed forcing 23 turnovers it's that defense and i don't think texas was necessarily prepared for it it was also uh you know texas had some of the most turnovers per game in the country so uh a weakness meets a strength and you're gonna get that potential recipe for an upset now they probably still should have won it there at the end but i don't know i think i think there are a lot of things that are going into uh why we aren't seeing some of these higher seeds now in the sweet 16. No surprise, Stack, and that I took great joy in Texas, my Texas team losing uh, in the first round. You're surprised was... about that? I'm not. Huh? You're surprised that you took joy in that? No, I'm surprised that Texas, I'm, I'm glad Texas lost. Yes. I took great oh, yes. joy yeah. in them losing because yes. I don't think Shaka Smart's any good. I don't think Texas is any good. Yeah. They were three, so they had a fine year. He's just not very good. So they can move on from him any goddamn time they want to because they're wasting their time mm-hmm. with Shock Smart, who hasn't done a goddamn thing in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was a big upset. To me, there's been three upsets in this tournament. Oral Roberts, that's been the story of the tournament. Good for them. Um, Are North you Texas so- over Purdue, I'll give them Mean Green. Yep. I'll give them that. Yep. And uh, the other one uh, would be Abilene Christian. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, Oregon State meeting Tennessee, that's a bit of a surprise, but it's a 12-5. Yep. Uh, a 12 seed over five is not an upset. And two power five teams, so it, it shouldn't be yep. considered a, a big upset. And you have to, I mean, the only upsets are 13 seeds or lower, and we had three of those. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a 12 versus five has always happened, so those aren't upsets. And I mean, 11 over six, that's not an upset. Syracuse is making a run. I don't think I'm very surprised by that because they've done this. A couple times before. Yep, something that I'm seat, remembering so. for next year. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, UCLA had as an eleven. I had them. Uh, I had them going. I had them going this far. I had them beating that. Uh, BYU. I had them losing Texas. So I guess there's, there's been, it's been a lot of close games. Been a lot of great finishes. Uh, but as far as upsets, 
I mean, I'll give you three of them, but mm-hmm. even Oregon over Iowa. It's like, are you surprised? Not really. No. Even uh, if I had to change one stack in the early Chicago, I would have changed that one. Yep. That's the one I look at, and I should have taken them in the final four. I think they're going to go to the final four. I agree. So. I agree. I think the the other one I think would would be Oregon over Iowa because Oregon is a much better seven seed. They're much better than a seven seed. They're healthy wow. now. I get that you have to look at the resume. They had a couple COVID pauses and stuff, but this team now healthy. Chris Duarte. I mean, they have. Um, just a lot of great shooters, as you could tell. I mean, they didn't – I think they – and I don't – I'd have to look back at the box score, but I think their first 67 points were all scored by their starters, and even more so than that against Iowa. I mean, Iowa just couldn't defend them at all. And Jordan Bohannon picked an absolutely terrible time to have his worst game of the year. Like, I thought they would be able to keep pace with him. I think Iowa's offense is a little better than Oregon's. So that was a little surprising – uh, and if we're going to dish out, you know, some some shade on, on the Big Ten, I got to say Michigan State with perhaps the most disappointing, uh, one of the most disappointing losses in the tournament, just because you were up by double digits at the half. Uh, you have these great guys like Aaron Henry and and Rocket Watts, and just what the hell happened to them? And it's I guess. That game was a microcosm of their season. You saw really good Michigan State, and then in the second half in overtime, you saw really poopy Michigan State. I mean, Sparty just didn't show up, and so they were bad. And the Big 12 also needs to get uh, roasted here a little bit because, oh, it's the big, oh, I really like this Big 12 conference, Fran Fraschilla has said, and he's right. They were very good. They had seven bona fide tournament teams, but like the Big 10, they all flamed out fairly quickly. The only one we have left is Baylor. Hey, Oklahoma State should have went, Jeff. you got to beat Oregon State. Oregon State winning on the road of the Sweet 16 just ridiculous. To know that we've got Oregon State versus Loyola Chicago yep. in the Sweet 16. That's ridiculous. And one of those teams is going to be playing for a Final Four. That's, that's incredible. The that hash- that's out of the brackets done the- for me. I have nothing left right. to the- offer on that side. The hashtag and- Tinkle and Hinkle is very good, by the way. Yes. Tinkle, we love the Tinkle name. Um, again, this has been, uh, I don't know why this always happens. It seems like it's every year. Uh, every other day is good or bad. Friday and Sunday were great days. Uh, Sunday and Tuesday, not a lot happened. So the first day was great. The mm-hmm. second day, not so much. The third day was great with those same teams, mm-hmm. and uh, Tuesday was a Tuesday. Monday. Monday, Monday. I guess Monday, not a lot happened. So I don't know why it seems like that. Like every other day, if there's a great day in one of them, mm-hmm. the other day is not, not going to be as good. So, right. And that, I think that was the case this year. The best game, the best game, and the only game decided by single digits on Monday was LSU Michigan, and that was a fantastic game. That was a good game, a lot of points. With, with those two teams going back and forth, LSU would make a run. The Michigan responded. LSU, I mean, just back and forth. It was really, really good. Michigan prevailed, uh, which was good. Um, but yeah, every other game was decided by double digits, and yeah, it just wasn't good. And um, you know, speaking to Oral Roberts. Again, I picked them to win the Summit League just because I th- thought that they were coming on strong. The offense, uh, you know, shooting the threes as much as they do. You know, you have the nation's leading scorer. Thought that would uh, be one reason why Oral Roberts would win the Summit League for the first time in forever. It just felt that open. So when they beat Ohio State, is it surprising? Yes. 
But I also feel like Ohio State wasn't that good, and I I should have looked. I, sh- I should have done more heading into that because I never felt really good about Ohio State in the Big Ten. Like if I were to rank the Big Ten teams, it would be Michigan, it would be Illinois, it would be Iowa, and Ohio State would be a distant fourth for me in this. And if based on what Oral Roberts does, which is shoot the threes, shoot them a lot. And they're doing it, and uh, Kevin O'Banner is playing absolutely out of his mind right now. So he provides that additional option outside of Max Abesmus. I mean, this is – I wasn't surprised when they beat Florida. I was surprised that they came back from double digits down in the second half because you thought maybe that was where yeah. the, the, the dream would end for them and for them to rally and come back and win was great. But overall, while it is surprising and – it is a huge upset over Ohio State. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think Ohio State is the like a fantastic two seed that everyone thinks they are. Yeah, I think when the, when the Florida game, I expected them to be Florida. Yep. But when they were down ten, I'm like, well, you know, disappointing. They didn't beat uh, they didn't beat Florida, but then they came back. So I thought that was even even more impressive because uh, we didn't get a chance to watch the Ohio State game, where we were keeping tabs on it, and mm-hmm. they pretty much led the entire game. Yeah, they, they were the better team from start to hit. finish. Yeah, they were in for much of that game and a great overtime finish. And, um, like, I'm, I'm never going to pick a 15 over two in a bracket because when it's happened five, six times, if that. But, I think, uh, I think yeah, it's well, Robert, nine uh, times now. Nine times. Well, it's getting it's getting up there. But it's, um, yeah, a great upset, and you like to see it. I mean, well, I mean they got Arkansas. I don't think they're beating Arkansas, but uh, they very well could. Like them earlier like, who in the season, be, uh, so. Who would they play? Who would they play? Who? Yeah, they would play Baylor. They Baylor. play Baylor. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Oh. It, it, so, I mean, you know, they can beat Arkansas. Um, I don't see them beating Baylor, but uh, they can maybe win one more. Uh, we like Matt Zimmer. Argus Leader has been on this show plenty of times. Yep. Um, he wrote something today about how Oral Roberts, this is good for the Summit League. Oral Roberts, and he he made his points. Like, I, this this doesn't matter. So for the Summit League, it's nice. Yeah, you get a team in the Sweet 16, that's great. Yep. What did Florida Gulf Coast go into the, what did they go to the Elite Eight? Sweet uh, 16? No, no, Sweet 16, and they lost to Florida, I believe. What are they in? They're in the Atlantic Sun, I they, think? They are, yes. What did that do for the Atlantic Sun? Not a goddamn thing. What did... Yeah. Name your Davidson. Davidson made a run to the Elite Eight as a 10 seed. They were in whatever conference Davidson was in. The, the SoCon, I believe, at the time. Yep. Now they're in the Atlantic 10. <clears throat> like, what did that do for that conference? Nothing. Um, you know, and, and pick your pick your upset team. What, uh, you know, for the Mo Valley, what did Loyola Chicago, what did their Final Four run do for them? Nothing. Uh, VCU, A-10, what, what did that do? Nothing. So I, I don't understand why. People say, "Oh yeah, they're they're going." I mean, it's great for the school. It's great for the team. Mm-hmm. Great for Florida Gulf Coast. Great for Loyola. Great for Oral Roberts. But it doesn't mean anything for their conference. What the hell does this mean for the well, summer league? Nothing. Oh, well, I think, and without having read it, I guess my first thought of why it's good for the Summit League is that it proves that the Summit League is more than just the Dakota schools, the South Dakota states, the North Dakota states, the teams that have been the dominant forces 
in the the Summit League for the better part of the last decade. I mean, prior to Oral Roberts winning, the last team to that was a non-Dakota school to win the the championship and a non a non-North Dakota State or South Dakota State to win the championship, I believe, was in 2011 with Oakland, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's been a long time. So I think from the standpoint that you're looking at the at the Summit League is okay. There's more than just those uh, schools in the Dakotas. You can make a a run here. I think if I'm I'm not looking at it nationally. I'm looking at it more from the conference standpoint of okay, this is good. We're getting some more variety in here. We're getting one of our basically our founding uh, or our original schools that's making this run. Um, I've seen. Uh, I know Dom Izzo is all about the the money. That yes, this and is again the money the they make. League. What well, about three hundred thousand per win? Yeah, I, I saw you had the tweet on it. I haven't looked yes. to see what it is. I mean, it's just I mean, it was it was about two eighty something uh, two years ago. When it goes up a little bit every year. It's probably two ninety something this year. So that's two wins, right? Six hundred thousand dollars or so. Yes, for the summer league. That's the, that doesn't go to Oral Roberts. That goes to every team. I don't know how they divide it up. I'm sure maybe Oral Roberts gets just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If not, everybody gets the same. They should get a little bit more. If we're being honest here, they should get more. You would hope so. So that's 600000 divided what up against 10 teams? Yep. 10 schools? Yep. That's $60,000. For SDSU and North Dakota State, who have athletic budgets north of right around $20 million, mm-hmm. what the hell is $60,000 going to do for North Dakota State? What is sixty thousand dollars going to do uh, for SDSU? It's going to pay for your volleyball coach. It could hire it's another like, athlete, uh, like a assistant athletic director or a sports uh, yes. a sport assistant sports information director or something. Well, not quite that much, but okay. uh, <laughs> like, well, I mean, what do these people think? Like, what what is this going to do? Sixty thousand for Western Illinois? Fine, great for them. Probably the lowest budget of any school. Mm-hmm. But why? Again, with with the conference thing, I mean, just look back at the other conferences that have. Made, made these runs, the other teams, like we went through, what, what has it done for the Atlantic Sun or the A-10 or mm-hmm. the Missouri Valley, whatever, nothing. Uh, what, what's SDSU and USD women, what's that done for the summer league? I saw your guy, uh, J.D. Gravina, the, the Western coach, mm-hmm. talk about, oh, this is great for the summer league. I'm like, what, you got a mouse in your pocket? What's this wee bullshit, J.D.? <laughs> Have you been in a tournament recently? No, you haven't. So this is good for SDSU and this is good for USD. Summer League, no, Summer League's a two-bit conference because it has two very good teams. Right. The other teams are terrible, are not worth a shit. So, again, going back to that point, um, just look at the numbers. Like, six, okay, $600,000 seems like a lot. Divided mm-hmm. by 10 doesn't seem like a lot. So, yeah, great. I'm sure not going to turn down 60000 or 50000 whatever they get. But it's not like you're making $30 million. Right. That's not like every team's getting three million dollars. That'd be a bit of a difference. I'm surprised. You're getting sixty thousand dollars. It's going to pay for your your travel for football. Right. What What are they thinking? What do they think before they look at this shit? I don't. I I'll be honest. I I find those numbers to be surprisingly low. Like I would have thought that they would make more money from that. Um, and I would hope that Oral Roberts is getting a little bit more. But you're right for the conference to get that to divvy all of that up and. Uh, amongst the ten schools, it doesn't do uh, much for them at all. So, yeah, it's it, I mean, it's, it's nice to tweet out, "Oh man, this is great for the summer league. Look at all this money to you know act like they know more." Because oh yeah, you get you get money for all of these wins. Mm-hmm. That's great. But then when you actually look at it and say, "Oh, it's this much divided by this much. Each team gets this much. Each school gets this much." Yeah. 
Well, I have sixty thousand. That's not going to change your world, right? Like I don't. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I, and again, I think from the point of how it's good for the Summit League, again, I think it's great when a small conference can win a couple of games. Maybe it, maybe it helps, you know, for some recruiting. But as you you so eloquently pointed out regarding the Atlantic Sun, what has that done for, you know, for Florida Gulf Coast? Even I mean, you know what it got? You know what it did? It got Andy Etzfeld out of. Uh, the, out of the beaches of Florida to the sunny coast of uh, Southern California where he's got USC in the Sweet 16 right now. I mean, Florida Gulf Coast has been in the tournament maybe two other times since then. Yes, and they're not, you know, they played up at the Pentagon a few years ago and they're, I mean, they're not a relevant team. They had a good little one. That was fun when it happened. But, I mean, yeah. Look out yeah, at Atlantic Sun. Roberts, <laughs> where's their coach going? Is their coach only going to stay there. He's going. He's yeah. gone. Yep. I honestly, I was a little surprised. Well, I I half expected Minnesota to maybe make a run for him, but I think you know that they hired Xavier assistant Ben Johnson, uh, former Gopher player and stuff. Okay, that's fine. Doesn't really excite a lot of people. I, Eric Musselman would have been the big hire for the Gophers, but you playing in the Sweet Sixteen, you you can only wait. I think so long um, for him. But I. It's great from, again, from the standpoint that the Summit League has a team in there. I think it's great for the Summit League just themselves saying, okay, we're, we have more, we're proving we have more schools than just the Dakota. It's not the Dakota dominance that we've seen. But, I mean, look at the Atlantic Sun. Oh, my gosh. Bellarmine is coming into here. Oh, North Alabama. Oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. We get these teams coming into the Atlantic Sun. I mean, what the hell? And by the way, I have some stuff on conference realignments here too uh, later on, or maybe we'll get to this next week because it's it's remarkable the the shift that we're about to see from the it's south. The, shifts. the the Southland is getting raided and they're headed to the whack. It's it's out of whack. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, and, and I guess Zimmer's point to to make it fair for him. Yep. Uh, Zimmer's point on the whole the whole deal was that they'll be able to, let's see, uh, better for them because they'll be able to maybe have bigger non-conference games, maybe. Um, it could, you know, landing more payout games against major conference foes. Oh, that's Florida Gulf Coast, Loyola, Chicago, any other team that they... Are they now playing bigger payout games? I don't know if that's well, true. Look at Oral Roberts played. I think Oklahoma this year. They played. Bay, uh, they played Arkansas. They played a couple other schools. Um, let me pull up their non-conference. They played four or five non or the, like Power Five conferences and stuff. So it's not like they were they were going against no. the Northwest Oklahoma Bible, you know, colleges of the world. So I don't, I don't. I mean, it's not going to get any better. I mean, Oakland plays a terrific schedule. All those Big Ten teams up there. So it's not like, I mean, what? Who's Oral Roberts now going to schedule that they're not scheduling already in the in the Big Twelve? Um, he also said a better reputation among recruits. Maybe um, he said more importantly, though, more respect from the tournament committee on Selection Sunday. I mean, I we're. Where is in the world are we going to have the summer league be a two bit league? Or all of a sudden do they see Oral Roberts pop up if they win it next year and say, "Oh, let's make him a fourteen seed instead of maybe a fifteen seed." So I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, SDSU and USD women—they're deserving of their seeds because they've been there before and they've beaten some good teams, and they can be an eight, nine, ten seed or better. So 
Yep. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Oral Roberts. You saw somebody from Fargo tweet out that works up there. You know, all this is so good for us because or the, the NDSU football recruiting. Yes, I of course. Put that ridiculous shit out there. But uh, in a more serious point, they were like, oh, you know, this would be great for attendance because once Oral Roberts comes up here next year, people will want to see him. Well, yeah, maybe for a year. But then if they don't ever do this again or it goes back to the Bison and the Jackrabbits, then it's going to be, you know. Once, I mean, once, once Max you know, and Kevin O'Banner leave, you're not going to want to see him. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, this is not the team um, that that is there. So, I mean, maybe for next year if they're back, I don't know if they're seniors or what their deal is. But Aphemis, um, I think, is a sophomore. I'll, I'll, uh, I have that pulled up here. Here's who Oral Roberts played, though, in the non-conference, just to give you an idea. Missouri, Wichita State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. All tournament teams. Yeah. And so they play, but they have the advantage of being in an area. I mean, they're in Tulsa, and they play Tulsa as well. But they have the advantage of being in Big 12 country or, you know, SEC on the fringe of SEC territory where you can play some of these bigger conference teams. I mean, SDSU can play Iowa, Iowa State, Creighton, Nebraska if they want to, or, you know, even Minnesota. But... You, if they don't have, I don't think the. I guess they. I mean, it's it is this, about the same number. I don't know. I just kind of look at it a little differently. There's a like, lot of things around Tulsa. Yeah. Yep. It, it's the the traveling. I don't think is nearly as much for them, as it, as it would be for other, um, other teams. teams. So, yeah. and so these guys make these points about the money, and you know, it's good for the conference. But when you look at it, it's like, is it really good for the conference? And then you just look at. The examples I've mentioned, and I, I can't say that it matters at all for for the summer league at this point. So Max Avemus is a sophomore. Uh, Carlos Jurgens, a, a redshirt sophomore. And maybe they transfer. Who the hell knows? Maybe they right. say, "Hey, look at us. Or we're going to go. We're going to go to Oklahoma. We're going to transfer because." Or How people know who the hell we are. Uh, Kevin O'Banner's a redshirt junior. I mean, maybe maybe they say like, oh, we, maybe we're going to dip our toe in the NBA draft because we have that that profile now. Out who there. would uh, Who's the coach that we like uh, from IUPUI went to Georgia Southern? Oh, uh, Ron Hunter. Ron, Hunter, Ron yeah. Hunter and his kid, I think, was a junior and left early. And mm-hmm. I haven't heard of his kid. I think he left early for the draft. Yep, he did. And um, he, he was drafted, and he's been in the G League. Haven't heard him at all for years. Mm-hmm. So he took a shot, and that was uh, probably a bad idea by him. Who knows? But yeah, who knows if these guys stick around? I mean, again, my, and their coach. I mean, their coach. He's got to. He's got to leave town somewhere. Do you think? <laughs> Heck, he could even go to to Tulsa if uh, Frank he- Frank Heath doesn't work out there. Yep. I mean, it, that would be a significant step up for them. Yeah, and he, and oh, uh, Ike, he should stay and then go to Iowa State in three years, and that job opens up. Because <laughs> Otzelberger there. Oh my gosh, is David Jenkins going to tr- uh, transfer there now? I mean, this. I love, I love the loyalty of Jenkins and Caleb Grill and all these other folks that follow this idiot to Vegas, mm-hmm. and he leaves them high and dry again. Two years later, he didn't do anything in Vegas. I'm sure this is the job he's always wanted, being at Iowa State uh, for so long. But it's just ridiculous how you just got to laugh. And, you know, you just look at the 
those introductory press conferences and whatever bullshit he and anybody else spews. Of, and he's like, yeah, you're going to be gone in a year or two. So whatever. It's college sports. It's not very, not very good, not very sanitary. Paul Mills is a uh, former assistant for Scott Drew there at Baylor. Um, so, yeah. I mean, not that Drew's getting fired anytime soon at Baylor, but uh, yeah. it's just kind of cool to see that Mills, like you, you, you know where Mills comes from or came yeah. from. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see where he goes. I can't, it's so late in the process here that I can't imagine that he's going to get a job this year, but certainly next year. Or, or is people, Indiana, Indiana still open? Indiana, Indiana is still open, yes. That, that's potential. Oh. Uh, I mean, no, I'm sure there will be coaches going somewhere else, and then it will open up a spot, spot somewhere. But yep. who knows? Yep. Uh, very interesting, very interesting, no doubt. Um yeah, the Midwest bracket is just completely screwed. Buddy Bayheim, Buddy Buckets, is oh, yeah. lighting it up. Uh, I'm never gonna. If Syracuse is a double-digit seed, I'm just I'm gonna pick them to go to the Sweet 16 because they've done this now a few times. Uh, the one year they were an 11 seed, they reached the Elite Eight and lost to North Carolina, a team that's familiar. They reached the Final Four, I believe. Oh yes, yes, it was the Final Four. The Final right. Four to yep. North Carolina. They were they yes. were in the deal. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so you have a team that's familiar with the two-three zone, having played in it. Um, so, and Buddy, like I say, Buddy Buckets right now is shooting lights out. Uh, West Virginia, I thought, should have won that game uh, if they would have come out a little uh, cleaner in that first half. But certainly after they grabbed that lead, I thought, okay, here, here you go, you got this. It you just, I, I don't understand all these kick-out threes instead of driving in. Also, I don't understand all these charges that you take. Like, stop jumping in the air. Like, just be smart with the basketball. It just, some of these decisions don't make a lot of sense. I, I hear Stack and you're proponent on free throws. Oh, yeah. It's, yes, I am. And some, you know, people got after me on Twitter, like, oh, I worked at a D1 program. They they uh, shoot them after practice. Okay, well, that's all. They didn't make the fucking things in the game then. I yeah. mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, you had the guy for Abilene Christian. He was, what, a 59% shooter or something yep. like that? Yep, yep. And he had both of them. Good yes. for that guy. It's, it's just amazing. Purdue would have won that game against North Texas if they had made, like, two of the three free throws in a stretch there, I think, like, yeah. under four minutes. They probably get that game. They don't go to overtime because North Texas would have to change their strategy and whatnot on scoring. Like it's just it's bad. Like it's one thing to shoot free throws during practice at the end of the game, but make it a point of emphasis. Say like, okay, guys, we have to make sure that our free throw shoot. Like you look at some of the smaller conference teams, like Oral Roberts. They have guys that shoot. 80 to 90% on their free throws. Now, I don't know what uh, Paul Mills does for the Oral Roberts practices in terms of, you know, emphasis on free throw shooting. But if I'm especially a, a smaller conference, I make sure that my guys are as well equipped to shoot free throws. And damn it, if you're under 50%, you're practicing free throws the majority of the, of the practice here going forward to get that percentage up because... So many games come down to missed free throws. And hell, Ohio State, if they make three more free throws against Oral Roberts, we're not even talking about Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16. Ohio State was 9 of 18 on free throws. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I think, I would say free throws, if you want to pull an upset, free throws are probably the one thing that the other team can't control, whether or not you make them. 
Because there's no defense for three throws. Yep. So if you can somehow get to the line 20, 25 times and you can hit 80%, you're going to have a good shot. So, yes. Yeah, it's, you know, tougher to make them in the game than they are in practice, but uh, you can probably look at a guy's stats and see, okay, I, I bring up Blake Griffin, who was not a very good free throw shooter, and then three, four years later, he's shitting a pretty good percentage. So mm-hmm. feels like if, if you want to get better at free throws, that's something that you could practice and get, you know, 70, 75%, I think would be – uh, perfectly uh, obtainable. Yeah, I just don't understand if you're a power five school. It, it, and again, I don't know their, I, I don't know their their practice routines. I don't know, you know, just how much they they do free throws. But for some of these schools that shoot terrible from the foul line, put a little more time in. Then I mean, say like, okay, maybe let's not like Abilene Christian shooting sixty eight percent free throws as a team. Okay, maybe we need to instead of like work. And granted, the defense works really well for them, but maybe let's make sure that some of these guys are able to shoot free throws in the case in the event that we come to a spot where we could upset a Texas in an NCAA tournament or in the regular season. Free throws matter. It just to me, it feels like it is not as emphasized, and or guys just don't care about it because they think they'll be able to. To live by you know the three the threes they shoot and their skill and talent alone, free throws matter a lot. Just watching high school basketball again. We wrapped up the season this past weekend, mm-hmm. and I, I always harp on the free throws and the layups, the easy ones. Yes, like it just kills me how many layups are missed and how yep. many free throws are missed, especially when you're playing a good team, a team you probably shouldn't beat. Like you have to make all of those. Yes, like it. And, and Mitchell lost by four against Yankton in the opening round, a very close game, great game. And he had a bunch of guys I mean, follow out too, right? Like a couple of the better players for Mitchell followed out? Yeah, and, and, yeah, and there's a, there's easily, you know, a, a dozen things I could bring up of uh, this missed free throw, this missed layup, this foul, that foul. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you play these good teams, you have to make every uncontested layup. You just have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just, it's yeah, it's an absolute fact. So in the Midwest... Well, let's just start in the left, on the left side. In the west, you have Gonzaga and uh, who, who the hell? It's a, Creighton. Uh, Creighton yeah. surprised me with how well they played against Ohio in the second round. Like, if this if this was the Creighton team that we saw throughout much of the regular season, obviously their seed would be better. I'd have felt a lot better about taking them. They should have probably lost to Cal Santa Barbara if the one big guy could just you know have a little more touch on his shot there at the end. It rimmed out, and Creighton prevails. But they looked lights out against Jason Preston in Ohio. Uh, that was impressive, but I think Gonzaga's going to beat them. Then you have the 6-7 matchup, USC against Oregon. USC is, I think, like the best defensive team in the country, if not they're right up in up there. Uh, they're very – like I think teams are shooting like 41% from two and stuff, which is not very good. Against that, it, it, they're just ridiculously good defensively near the rim. Uh, but I think Oregon, uh, I think Oregon's going to win. I think they have the more slightly more talent. They can play good defensively as well. I just like Oregon to beat USC there. Yeah, I agree with both of those. Oregon Gonzaga. Hopefully, there's a lot of points in that Gonzaga game. I had the Gauchos uh, going to the Sweet 16, so that was a heartbreaker for me. Mm-hmm. Um. And we should mention our Virginia team shouldn't have been again. I mean, they were up for a lot of that game when they lost to Leighton because they couldn't score. So mm-hmm. good, uh, good for them. Another team that you know 
the 13 over a four, but a lot of folks did not like Virginia because yep. of their situation. So, yep. um, and Ohio, yeah, didn't give him much of a game. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go. I mean, I mean, USC just absolutely demolished Kansas. Not surprised they beat them, but to beat them by 30, 35 points, that's that's a beatdown. It is so. the worst loss that Kansas has ever had in, in their mm. NCAA tournament history. So good for the Pac-12, which I shit on every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Iowa. They beat Kansas. They've gotten there. Oregon State somehow is fucking in there. So, yeah, they're going to get one team in the Elite Eight. And if it's uh, whatever, Gonzaga versus either of those teams, that, that's the game I'm interested in. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. The East, you have Michigan against Florida State. That's a 1-4 matchup. And then a 2-11 matchup, Alabama against UCLA. UCLA's run has been incredible. Alabama, though, shoot, shooting lights out. Petty finally got going for them. Um, I you know I think their defense can be a little better, but I think Alabama's just so so, so much superiorly talented than uh, than UCLA. They should win that one. Michigan was impressive against LSU. Um, they had guys step up that that needed to, but they're still missing something. And Florida State was locked in defensively against Colorado, and Colorado had some extenuating circumstances with the shooting, uh, the mass shooting that occurred in Boulder earlier that day. So I don't know if their minds were completely right for this game. Um, but I think Florida State was ultimately the better team. They finally were able to knock down some threes. They didn't make a three against UNC Greensboro in the first round. I'm going to take Florida State over Michigan, but this is certainly one of the better matchups out of this whole Elite Eight. If I'm going to be in the money and you're, and you're saying that it comes down to Florida State going into Final Four, because if that doesn't happen, I'm not going to win. Yep. So I need them. Uh, I've got them winning this this region. So I thought LSU was going to beat Michigan. I'm mm-hmm. surprised Michigan came back. Yep. In that game, I thought all right, there's going to be a game. Another another Big Ten team, another one seed goes down. So mm-hmm. that was a good game. You know, I'll take Florida State. I need them to win. And um, I mean, UCLA. I, I took them this far. It was them or Michigan State. And I felt like both of them would would reach this point because. Well, it seems like one of those playing games, one of those teams, yep. you know, wins at least one game, if not two. Yep. So good on you! I should listen to. Here we are with U- UCLA, and I did change a couple of them on it based on the show last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up working out. I, I changed three games. I changed to, to Rutgers. Yep. Uh, over and Rutgers nearly pulled off the upset. Yep. So I that, that got me one. I changed the two twelves and fives because I'm like. You know, Colorado's got to beat Georgetown, and they did mm-hmm. by a lot. Yes. But then I also changed. I had Oregon State, but I changed it to Tennessee. But uh, Tennessee sucks and yep. can't score. Yep. So, and ultimately, you know, there was only there was only one 12 seed that won this year, and it was Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't have them, and so I switched a couple late, and ultimately, it didn't matter because I won one and I lost one. But um, and, and and Rutgers, they almost they almost pulled off a shocker too. Yeah, they, and they should have. They played far yeah. too conservatively down the stretch there in that second round game against Houston. They should be in the. Sweet could you have, could you have imagined what it would have been Rutgers versus who? Uh, Syracuse? Rutgers against Syracuse. Syracuse. Yep, it would have been a Rutgers and Syracuse, matchup. and then Oregon State, Loyola, Chicago. Yes. What? I don't, I don't know if I don't know if you've ever seen anything like that. The That's av- insanity. The average seeding for the Sweet Sixteen is five point three nine. I like it. I think that's the most, or is it 5.9? I think 5.39. It's like the highest that it's ever been uh, for all these teams. Uh, I am going to take Alabama over Florida State uh, for the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. 
it will not shock me if Florida State wins. Uh, Florida State's very good, but I think Alabama's maybe just a. I just I like the way they're playing just a little bit more, a little more consistent, for my liking. On the, I think any of these teams can come out of this thing. Any of these yes, four. Yes, absolutely. So I like I like that. Uh, I, I think UCLA distant fourth for me, but any of the the other three, absolutely. Um. On the in the south, then you have you have Baylor against Villanova. Show us something, Baylor. Villanova showed us something. Uh, Jay Wright uh, apparently you give him uh, a week to to get things right with him, and and look what actually ten days, and look what Villanova did to Winthrop, and then um, I mean beat North Texas soundly. I mean uh, not even a contest. So Villanova against Baylor. I'm going to take Baylor in that one. And then in the other matchup, you get Oral Roberts against Arkansas. These two met earlier this year. I'm impressed by what Arkansas has done. Remember, we, I I was almost uh, going to call you on Thursday on Friday when Colgate's up by like 14. I know we're watching this game stack, and we're when was this? That was one of the first games. It was one. Yep, it was second game that day. I'm watching this. We, yeah. me, and Marcus are doing. Uh, what are we doing? And we're, we're at uh, some restaurant watching this thing. Yep. And I told him about the Colgate bullshit and playing Army 17 times, and obviously. <laughs> I always shit on them last week. And, but they play Alabama. And I'm looking at this start and saying, you motherfuckers. You. <laughs> and then finally Alabama put them away. And it Arkansas. wasn't all that close. So Arkansas. I'm like, yeah, good, good job, Colgate. You did something for about a half. But, yep. boy, that would have been that would have been something. It sure would have. Arkansas, those looks very good here. I... Their offense is great, and I thought Texas Tech was going to beat Arkansas. Um, they probably should have. They had a 10-point lead, and then the, they were trailing for much of the second half. They battled back. Thought they might get the win there. Uh, ultimately didn't. Arkansas showed me something. I think Arkansas is going to beat Oral Roberts, but I don't say that with any degree of confidence after what Oral Roberts has been able to do so far in this tournament. Uh, that would put Baylor against Arkansas in old uh, Southwest Conference matchup. I'll take Baylor over Arkansas to reach the Final Four. Show us something, yeah. Baylor. Show us. We're, we're in agreement there. Baylor's got to go to the Final Four here, or it's a disappointment. Yep. And um, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Baylor, Loyola, Chicago Final Four. That's that's what I'm looking at. Absolutely, we need sister. Sister Jean picked Loyola to the Elite Eight. I don't know who she has. Uh, coming out of that re- region, maybe it was uh, West Virginia, maybe it was Syracuse. I don't know if we'll ever know. Maybe she won't ever say. Uh, but Syracuse is going to win that matchup against Houston. Uh, it'll say an upset on paper. It's not really, though. Syracuse mm. is just better uh, than Houston right now. I get that Houston has a week to prepare for this matchup. It won't matter. Syracuse will win that game. And then uh, let's go. Then um, you know Loyola against, uh, against uh, Oregon State. It's been a great run. Yeah, if I had to watch one game this weekend out of that Sweet 16, that's the game. Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State? Yes. And that's the first game, game. Of the, it's the first game, game of the Sweet 16. So, uh, 1.40 p.m. Central Time on CBS. So, you get that right what out of the What time is it Saturday one, at 1.40? Yes. Yep. All right. I got a... Appointment television to see Sister Jean. So, yeah, Loyola against Syracuse in the Elite Eight. I will go with Loyola as well to reach the Final Four. Uh, so that would put then uh, for me two ones and eight and a two in there. You would have two ones and eight and a four if, uh, with yep. Florida State. So uh, this has been a good tournament. This has been uh, this has been good. Yes, it, it has been good. Uh, I like I will be happy when things return to normal and we have these four 
uh, these eight cities with four games being played uh, in each of them on like the first two days and then you know to the next. I like just having eight sets of announcers because it's weird that you know Spiro Didis only did three games. Lisa Byington had did. She like, did the two. Big, she did what the two big upsets. She did. Yes, she okay, did. Well. Abilene uh, Christian over Texas and Oral Roberts over Florida. Um, so okay, uh, yeah, it's just weird how they they did some of this and. But I get it, you know, with, you know, there's longer time in between games and stuff because they need to clean and whatnot. And that's what's going to be interesting about this, uh, the the Sweet 16 games here, is that Jim Nance and Bill Raftery aren't going to be calling two games from, say, the Midwest region. They're going to be calling a Midwest region game and uh, and the, a South region game just because... Mm-hmm. Of the, the the time the staggered times that they have to do, so um, I was out in Rapid City this weekend watching these games, mm-hmm. and I, I I think Mountain Time is probably the best time for sports. I would agree with that absolutely. Pacific's a bit early, Eastern's a bit late. Right here it can be a bit late. Yep. But uh, these games starting at ten in the morning, that's amazing, mm-hmm. and they get done around ten eleven, which ain't too late. So. Yeah, Mountain Time, not a lot out there, but as far as sports viewing Mountain Time, I don't think it can beat it. I also, again, appreciate, uh, I, I like that. One, I don't know, like Andy Katz with uh, Chuck and Kenny and, and Ernie, it's just a weird, weird um, pairing there, like weird grouping, I should say. I really enjoyed, and I tweeted this out and he, he, he thanked me and stuff, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, but I really enjoyed like Wally Zerbiak on there. Normally, it's just Clark and Seth. And did, who, who thanked you? Wally Zerbiak did on Twitter. Oh, good. Oh, goddamn, that's yeah. good. Good, that, good for Wally. Yeah. Um, I just I enjoyed like all four of those guys on the CBS set or like on, on the New York set. That you can tell their passion for this game, and I think sometimes that's lost with you know like Kenny and. And Chuck and and Ernie, not that they don't appreciate basketball, but they're far they're NBA guys. They know they don't know who these guys yeah. are. So. I mean, they're mistakes galore and stuff. Um, and it, it, Chuck is funny, so I always enjoy uh, Mr. Barkley. But you could just tell you know, the the knowledge, the, the the fun, the the enjoyment, the exuberance that these guys that that Seth and Clark and and Wally and Greg have. It's a, the, the chemistry is great. Uh, and I think Wally needs to be a permanent um, addition to that desk there, uh, because the, I the the dancing with the little guys—that was a highlight of the thing. Yes, yes, it's forever etched in my mind. I can't, I can't forget. So it, just, so. just for Greg Gumbel's reaction to, to whatever <laughs> hell that was, which is so. now Seth Davis's avatar. Uh, yeah, it was um, ridiculous on Twitter. Uh, it's quite good. Now every time I see that, like if I see Seth Davis tweeting, I'm like, wait, Greg Gumbel has Twitter now? No, it's it's Seth oh. Davis. <laughs> but yes, it's it's very good. So hopefully we get a great sweet sixteen and elite eight, and we'll react to it uh, next week. Uh, interesting though that again they're not doing it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So in um, the final four, Saturday, right? Yes. Yep. So this, uh, the final four and the championship game will be normal. Uh, these other ones, I think, again for testing and stuff. It's worth it. So there's you know, that. if if it's, I think we both got Baylor Gonzaga in one of ours. Yes. Um, yep. If that's the matchup, that's fine. Yes. You know, it's the matchup we didn't get that we wanted in the regular yeah. season. But I, I want Loyola Gonzaga. 
Kind of an underdog. Uh, what what Gonzaga used to be? Gonzaga used to be loyal to Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, the team that would surprise people. And now Gonzaga, they become they become the team, and this yep. is their time to win one finally. Yep. And I would love for them to have to beat a smaller school, smaller conference yes. team. I think that'd be yes. That'd be, I mean, you look at the other side. I mean, Villanova, who who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston, Syracuse, you know, Oregon State. God forbid. There's not a lot on that other side of the bracket, so, so I think everybody probably on the on the Chicago. If Loyola Chicago. Chicago makes it to the championship game, should they replace DePaul in the Big East? Oh, Roberts, who? No, no, if, if Loyola makes it to the championship game, oh. should they replace DePaul in the Big East Conference? Kevin, the summer league, I say, we'll win the conference after you. <laughs> so, honestly, go to the Big Ten. They should be in the Big Ten yeah. and sit in Nebraska. All right. <laughs> I would... No, no quarrels there. No issues there. Or, or my, my trivia question, I kind of gave it away. Okay. What two, what two Power Five conference teams have had the longest drought between NCAA tournament wins? Oh, if you gave it away, I don't remember it. Uh, Something. Who, who won a game? Well, Oregon Somebody, State. Oh, oh, Creighton. I count Creighton. Who won a game? Yeah, Oregon State. Somebody won a game oh, to where they're no longer on this list. Oh, I mean, Rutgers did. They was 38 years since 1983. Rutgers would have been on the list, so they would have been number yep. two. There's one team that's never won a – they've never won an NCAA tournament game. Out of the Power Five? Yeah. Okay. So it's not, not Northwestern. They did that a few years back. And there's um, one team that, like, 1987 was their last win. These are two teams that are usually not in the tournaments, as you would expect. Yep. Uh, okay, so – Thinking back here, um, is Washington State one of them? No. Okay. All right. Um, so the one that's been thirty, be thirty-five years next year. Nebraska. Nebraska's never won one. That's amazing. Yeah. You went around a hundred years. You've never won mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament game. Well, I so I got a couple of uh, notes for a couple of interesting notes here for you. Uh, one. No Final Four has ever had a team not from the Eastern Time Zone, and that's we saw that. Yep. That is in jeopardy this year because I it would be Syracuse. Syracuse has the best chance out of or yeah, Florida State or Florida State. Yep. Um, it's it's on the, it's Michigan. I get Michigan pretty got got a good shot. Michigan yep. and Florida State. Yep. Yeah, UCLA and Alabama. So it's probably going to be that region. They've probably. got three of them. Yep. But I there's think. just there. It's slim pickings is kind of what getting at this yep. year because there are only be four one. teams. There's only a quarter of the, the teams for, in the Sweet 16 from the Eastern time zone. Because when you have Kentucky and Duke and Carolina, I mean, that, and I went through that list there when I saw you tweeted that, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably right. And I could. I mean, yeah, it was all Kentucky, yep. Carolina, and Duke. So. And then uh, no football power school has ever won a national championship. So that what do you mean? like Miami, Nebraska, Texas, uh, Alabama, they, Florida. Apparently, they didn't include them as a football power school. What? I, uh, Florida, the fucking Florida Gators. Yes, uh, aren't a fucking power football I, I, school. I, I, they okay. won what? Three national titles. Uh, yeah, one with. They won a couple. Florida, yeah. Meyer won one or two, and they won one in the nineties. They didn't include them in this list, but they they mentioned Who is Alabama, this? Who is this? Texas. Uh, this is a, a YouTube video I saw. It's like 11 oh. tips or something for a tournament. So, uh, like Ohio State, for Christ's sake. Uh, 
apparently Ohio State won one like in the forties or fifties. Apparently, they didn't consider them like a power, like a football power school. So they're well, looking at they're not. I mean, Jesus Christ! I if you're ranking the best teams of the past twenty years, they're in the top four, five. If you rank the best teams ever. They're look- oh, got to be in the top ten. They're looking at uh, the Alabamas, the Texases, the Miami, Floridas, the Nebraskas of the world. I guess it's weird. I mean, Michigan hasn't done much in a long time, but they've got most wins ever right up there. So I say bullshit on that list. the The, the tweet of the weekend was uh, it was someone from NFL. It wasn't Albert Breer, but it was it was uh, not Jim Trotter. Um, network person. Yeah, someone else that said Oral Roberts now has more wins over Ohio State than Jim Harbaugh. So that yeah. that was the uh, the tweet of the weekend, or one of them anyway. Um, they they went the Urban Meyer heart surgery route yes. to Florida and Ohio State. Yes, I saw that too. That was great, great. as well. Great. Uh, we're going to get into the conference realignment stuff next week. That uh, that'll yeah. provide some filler. For next week. Well, we got filler stacking. Filler? I don't know. <laughs> filler. Baseball season starts next week, for Christ's oh, sake. Oh, my goodness. The baseball season starts, what is it? Oh, so we the have first a... Thursday? I think it yes. starts Thursday. Uh, yes, it would be Thursday. Holy cow, so we'll have our season preview. Holy then. Christ. Uh, okay, well, we, we'll, we'll, we, we'll talk about this conference realignment stuff uh, within the next couple weeks because it's very, very interesting because uh, apparently Abilene Christian's moving to the WAC along with Stephen F. Austin. It's just bizarre. Uh, Chicago yeah. State's getting uh, – they're no longer going to be a part, which is good. Get them the hell out of D1 athletics. But anyway, we'll cool. get to that another time. Um, so, yeah, baseball next week. We'll react to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, make Final Four picks or preview that. Um, so that will be good here. Uh, do you want to talk about the, the basketball tournament before we get into a couple of these other heavier topics? Yeah, women's tournament, SDSU. They played with Syracuse for three quarters, so mm-hmm. I watched that first quarter, that first three minutes. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. And then I tuned back in a couple minutes later, and they tied it up. So I'm like, oh, I'll stick around with this. And, yeah, they played better than anybody probably expected. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> Good showing for them, and then Syracuse got throttled last night by Connecticut. I so. would have liked to see SDSU play yeah. UConn just – for the mere fact. Not, not, not this way. I mean, no. if they had Maya Selen, then yes. But yes. then if they would have had her, they wouldn't have been an eight seed. Exactly. Seat, so. Yep. So I'm big. I like to see him play Connecticut or Baylor again. That'd mm-hmm. be fun. Um, um, and, and USD did not show up. So nine points in the first half, one point in the second quarter, and that was a free throw with four and a half seconds to go. They missed 26 shots at one point. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, That's a poor showing. Very poor showing against a. Six seed, so you know, we'll see how long it takes them to win a game. It's so bad, so so bad. And I guess I'm not surprised that I don't pay attention to the women's game, but Michigan women made the Sweet 16 for the first time ever. Ever. That's very good for them. Very cool. Yeah. There's a there's a freshman for Iowa. Uh, Emily um, uh, Beckers has been getting a lot of the the attention from UConn. You know, she's she went to high school at Minnesota. But uh, this uh, Caitlin Clark from Iowa put up 35 against Kentucky. She's a oh. freshman. She's fantastic. Um, and so if you want to watch, I would say that that could be must-see television too, would be seeing Iowa. And especially they're in the same region with UConn. So if we get a UConn-Iowa Elite Eight, sign me up for that and see these two freshmen go at one another. That'd be fantastic. There's one bracket. It's the bottom left, the, the UCLA bracket for the men. 
is nearly identical to one bracket on the women's side. The only difference is Texas. And if Texas would have won their two games, which they should have, then it would be, I think, pretty close to being the same. Really? Like Alabama-Maryland was one of them, I guess. Yep. And the top one was maybe UCLA-Texas, which is what it should have been. And that's what it was on the women's side, and that's what it – I mean, it could have been the same, but it wasn't. Very odd. Indeed. Indeed. There were a lot of teams that – like a lot of schools that sent multiple – both the men's and women's teams to the conference Mm – or to the NCAA tournament this year, which is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to circle back to the NCAA tournament here in a moment, but how are the high school tournaments? Good double-A tournament. Mitchell went in seventh, and they got seventh. Uh, last game was great. Saturday afternoon for seventh place. It was overtime. That was fun. Uh, they beat Harrisburg 78-72. That was a great game. Uh, they were down five with a minute to go. After leading for much of the game, one kid for Harrisburg got 38 points. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, he was great. Mitchell star player had 29. I think they hit 20 of 24 free throws. So... Uh, great game. Uh, they played Brandon Valley the second night and got blown out there. That was disappointing. Um, the first game, though, against Yankton, the two-seeded Matt Moores, uh, that was 50-46. to 46. They lost by four. Kid hit a half-court shot to, to make it a four-point game. It was a seven-point game. Uh, Mitchell got off to a 14-1 to start. In the yes. first 10 minutes, okay. and they trailed at half 23-22. Kind of hung around, so they almost pulled off a huge upset there. Uh, the big controversy, though, was Matt Moores, their star player. They end up uh, getting third. He's going to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and uh, Mitchell's got a, I think he's a sophomore reserve guy, doesn't play a lot. His name's Charlie McCardle, and they, they were being physical with Matt Moores, uh, played him well. And Moore just kind of just hits him in the head, rings his neck, whatever it was. Gave him a concussion because he fell down, hit his head on the courts. And the Mitchell people wanted blood. Um, the kid's dad wanted the Matt Moore's arrested. It was a bit much. But um, apparently the police came over to the hotel we were staying at. Oh, wow. And they wanted to, I mean, it's they're not going to arrest a kid because of a, you know, it wasn't that level. It wasn't good, but it and there was no foul called on a play, so that was terrible. not good either. So, yeah, that was a big controversy all over the hotel and even back here in Mitchell. You see what Matt Moore's did to this kid, and that was the big controversy coming out of that game. Yikes. Did you see the controversy in the Troy Texas A and M women's game, the two fifteen no. game? No. Well, no. Troy almost pulled off the upset. And they probably should have. There was a terrible charge call against them. Like it, it was clear. Like this, this gal is moving right into the path, and she's not set. It was. It should have been a blocking foul, no question about it. They, the refs called a charge against Troy, and then there was an over and back that wasn't called. It, it's an inbounds play. And this was like with a, a minute to go. The the Texas A and M gal hits it with her hands. And like almost pushed it back toward like beyond half court. It wasn't tipped at all. They the the ref said it was tipped. I don't know how that's not reviewable, but they didn't call yeah. an over and back or that she didn't have possession. It was terrible. Troy ultimately loses eighty four to eighty. Uh, so uh, they get jobbed in that one. A and M prevailed. A two versus a fifteen. Yes, and the fifteen wow. should have won. Fifteen's never won a game in the NCAA tournament on the women's side. 
16 is one once, though, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. uh, was it Harvard over Stanford? Yep. Yep. But that's also, a, a couple other things yeah. wrapping up the, the state tournament thing. Yes. Um, there's a guy in the southeastern part of the state, a uh, writer for one of the papers. He sent a message out on Twitter, you know, my last day Saturday, I'm done, thanks a lot. One of those things, he's been doing it for a while, fairly young, probably been doing it for 15 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's a four, he's one sports writer of the year a couple times. I don't care for him much. I don't think he's all that great. Um, but people like him. And he, and he, and he wrote his goodbye on Twitter. And he's claiming, which I believe him, that he, he made $23,000 just last year. $11 an hour. And like I said, sports writer of the year type guy. He works at a larger paper. Mm-hmm. He's been there for a long time, and you're making 23000 a year. I just was stunned by that. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's worse than, like, teachers. <laughs> like, 23000 a year, like, damn near less than minimum wage. Yeah, that so is that less than minimum Yeah, that's stunning. Yeah. Stunning. I couldn't. Everybody said their goodbyes and, and whatever. So, hmm. another thing that I, I haven't tweeted this out, I probably shouldn't, and I probably won't. But uh, the, the media in this state, stacking, uh, you know, the people who cover these tournaments, cover the high schoolers, all this shit. Mm-hmm. Just so, so many tweets about how things that I consider mundane normal every year things mm-hmm. that these people just eat up and tweet out like it's so great and so unbelievable. For example, Matt Moore is who we talked about. Uh, yep. The, the Rapid City Central AD gave the game ball to Matt Moore's dad, who's also the AD at Yankton, and gave him the game ball to give to Matt Moore's in his final high school game. Great. Fantastic. Somebody had to tweet it out and say, oh, how great this is. I'm like, good. It's fine. They're saying it's a little bit overblown. Uh, another one I can't get over is uh, Derek Roby, head coach at O'Gorman. Been there a while. Uh, somebody saw him giving Matt Moores a hug or a handshake in the hallway after a game. Fine. Great. Star coach meets star player of the other team and says, good luck, congratulations. Whatever. Mm-hmm. To me, not a big deal. Who gives a shit? You see it all they the time. They tweeted out like it's fucking Gorbachev and, and Reagan trying to tear down the fucking Berlin Wall. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my god, look at this. And it's it, it's kind of like, like oh, Dana Altman. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's kind of like Dana Altman, uh, like talking and like giving Luca Garza a hug after the game because that's like yeah, exactly that, exactly that thing. It's like, like that it's happens respect. after every game, does it not? Does that not, not happen yeah. after every tournament game? It's if you've got a coach, he's going to go to the star player. When it loses, hey, good job, guy. Great career. Whatever. Like, it, it's not special. It's fine. It doesn't mean anything. And these guys in South Dakota tweet it out and post it. Like, this is some fucking unbelievable thing. Like, oh, my God, look at this sportsmanship. Look it's all at this, about respect. It's about respect. And Altman didn't do that to every Iowa player, but Luca Garza, because it was the end of his career. Like, that's why he yes, did it. Yes, and you saw it. You're like, okay, were you shocked by that? Were you surprised by that? You looked at it and said, hey, good, 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 good job there. Yeah. Good for Dana Altman. And the good announcers mentioned Garza. it. Like, hey, he's showing respect. Yes, perfect. You can and there was another it. one. You know, after the championship game, somebody had to tweet out, this star player went to this star player and said, hey, good job and all this shit. It's like, yes, that's what happens after every fucking game, <laughs> yep. especially at the state tournament. You'll have the star players go to the other star players or the coach go to the star player and say, hey, good job. You're really good. It's mm-hmm. like just complimenting each other, showing good sportsmanship. 
And these guys tweet it out like it's, oh my God, look at this. Could you believe it? My guess I can believe it because it happens every fucking year. <laughs> so I just don't understand it. I just don't understand why they think it's such so great and such a big deal. It's like, yes, come to the tournament next year. You'll see the exact same goddamn thing. <laughs> so it's, it's not newsworthy. Not at all. And, and you, know where our, you know where our little handshake bullshit respect thing yep. came from? I, who? It, it came from the guy in Yankton who quit because mm-hmm. he was making $11 an hour. It came from him a couple years ago because we saw a tweet from him about this, about star coach looking at star player from the other team and uh, shaking hands to the line at the end of the game. And he's like, boy, I had to tweet this out. Look at the, you know, just look at the respect. A lot of respect. And me and, you know, one of our friends uh, made fun of it. And then that was the tournament a couple of years ago where we're shaking everybody's hands like jackasses. <laughs> and, you know, respect this and respect that. I want to make a calendar out of it. And you shake my hand. I shake Beck's hand. Beck shakes Charlie's hand. You shake Charlie's hand. Drew shakes me. You shake Drew. Charlie shakes Marcus. Marcus shakes Drew. We yeah. all shake each other's hand. We see Blake Day in the concourse. We shake his hand. Yes. That's what, I, that was, that's what that all was about. Uh, the respect. All the respect. <laughs> and because some, some idiot decided to tweet out uh, the coach going through the, uh, the, the the handshake line at the end of the game, going up to the star player and saying, good job. Like, well, if you look at any game, especially a big postseason game, you're probably going to see the coach go up to the star player of the other team and pay a little bit special attention to mm-hmm. him. So I don't know why. He thought it was so great years ago, but we made fun of it because it was stupid and ridiculous. And apparently they're just continuing to, to post that because they, they just can't get enough of it, of how, how great that is to see the coach and the player or the two-star players acknowledge each other at the end of the game when it happens every single year. Yeah, so I keep doing it at the Summit League tournament then. Respect. <laughs> yes, respect. It's so stupid. It's it's, it's ridiculous. And I, don't, I don't know what they – again, like, do they not realize this happens all the time? It happens every year. So why is this such a big deal? Why do you find the need to take a picture of it and tweet it out like it's something that never happens or rarely happens? I don't understand. I can't tell you that. I, I can't, unfortunately. I don't know if they just want people to say, hey, yeah, good job for sharing that, sir, you know. I don't know. And when people change jobs and they have to say, I'm leaving this job, I think they just want people to say, hey, good job. You did a real good job. I think mm-hmm. they just want the. The ego boost or the confidence boost of, yeah, yep. thanks thanks a lot for all your hard work. It's like, yeah, who cares? Or it's like when I went from Laverne to Mitchell, I didn't announce, hey, I'm going to Mitchell. When the guy left here to do whatever and I get to do the Mitchell stuff, I didn't say, hey, so-and-so left. I get to do Mitchell stuff now. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't do any of that. It's like, right. I don't know, I think people just want a pat on the back or something. Yep, yep. The, the acknowledgement. They want to know that people notice them. and I think that's a lot of it, yes. A uh, couple, a uh, couple heavier items here to close. Um, the by now, I think a lot of people are aware or saw the video uh, that, uh, and I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but the Oregon well, women's basketball player tweeted out about the weight room discrepancies. Like all, like you know, the the men have all this, um, all these weights and and machines and dumbbells and stuff in this big ballroom or spacious area, and the women have one set of dumbbells in a, a small area in San Antonio. It's absolutely disgraceful. The NCAA uh, remedied that situation, got more equipment and stuff in there. Mark Emmert, uh, the president of the NCAA, says you know, he's going to launch an investigation. The, the the president of women's basketball or vice president of women's basketball said that she loves, you know, 
that this is her life and you know she's ashamed and stuff and you know you have all these coaches from Muppet McGraw to um, uh, now I'm forgetting a, a couple of the names but like you know they're like Don Staley. Staley yes um, and and there are a couple other ones I like the Georgia Tech also uh, the head coach also released something like all these like hey this isn't new this isn't this isn't uh, like this is an issue. Like it, we're treated as second-class citizens and stuff, and it is—it's an absolute disgrace that in a controlled setting that you can't give them like equal stuff, like equal weights, mm-hmm. equal like the, the anti, like they have to. The women are getting different COVID tests than the men. Like it's really rapid for the men with the with the women. It's like antigen tests and stuff like that, which is just ridiculous. The food's different. The food's worse and stuff. Uh, there's talk about like the swag bags and everything. Like it's just like, and it's it's disgusting. It's deplorable, uh, and I get it. You know what the the NCAA the, the men's tournament is far more. Um, they make a lot of money. They they make it yeah. They're like this is the bread and butter for the NCAA. This is where they make all uh, a huge chunk of their money. Uh, they don't get that as much on the women's side. The the men's side, everyone gets really excited for the tournament. The women to a lesser ex- extent. Uh, I would prefer to watch the men's basketball over women's basketball, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate the women's tournament and think that they should have anything less than that. And if you're looking at some of these courts that they're playing on, like for the men, they get they, they bring in all March Madness stuff, like, oh, first round here, Indianapolis, Bloomington, wherever. For the women, they're just like, oh, hell, just play on uh, Texas uh, State's court. We aren't going to do anything. Oh, maybe we'll put, like, women's basketball. Oh, a women's basketball uh, logo, and or say it's women's basketball in mid-court at the Alamo Dome. Don't put that it's, you know, March Madness. And so, like, it's, I didn't pick no. up on it as as well. I, I picked up on it now after, you know, just seeing the courts and, and stuff and how different they are compared to the men. And it's just, it's an outright disgrace that they, that this is what it's come to. And I hope that there is significant change that happens. Um, but it's, it's nothing short of disgraceful for the NCAA to do what they've done. Like certain things like that should be the same. They should have the weight rooms and, you know, I don't know what they've used in the past when it's a normal tournament, what the right, right room setup is. But well, they're they're at schools like normally, no. like they have the sixteen different pods and stuff with at Notre teams. Dame or wherever. Yeah, yep. So I would imagine you know you kind of go in there. And, their equipment. Well, there it's a little difficult to say. Like, oh, we're doing first and second round games here on the. I mean, that's a lot more courts, but here, I mean, you have six that you could easily do, just like uh, they did for the men. And the courts, obviously, NCAA, those courts look good, and they're all kind of uniform, and the women just play wherever. Um, but, yeah, again, it comes down to one one tournament makes a lot of money, and the other one, I don't know what the, what the women's tournament makes, if it makes any, but it's, it's, it's just not a lot. So certain things should be the same, like the weight room and the COVID test and all those other things and the meals and whatever else. But, bank. Like, that's it. I mean, that's just treat yeah, them right. the same. Like that's minimal effort here. Minimal effort. Yeah, and if you, I get like this year is a different year, a different animal when it comes to putting on these tournaments in these controlled environments. There's there's a lot more logistics that need to go into it. But I mean, who like if anyone thought like, oh hey, one set of these dumbbells for your workout and stuff, while the men have all like, come on, like who can't see that that's not right? I mean, come, it's just stupid. It really is. No. It's ridiculous. 
So uh, hopefully that gets. I'll be curious to see what the fallout is from that. What the NCAA does here going forward, because something. Like, why, why do you need an investigation? Just ask. Okay, who was in charge of setting up the weight room? You were okay. Who's your boss? Who told you that these dozen weights were fine? Why didn't you get the? Why didn't we have uh, the big weight rooms for the men? Mm-hmm. Like uh, for the women, like we do for the men. Like an investigation. It's like make a couple phone calls and figure out. What needs to change? It's not going to do that much. And next year, they're even going to be under the microscope even more to avoid an embarrassment like what happened this year. Though, again, it's not going to be in the one controlled environment. Um, So that's that. The other thing is I think we have to to touch on this Deshaun Watson situation because we're at 16 civil suits now and and counting. We've got 24, 26 women. Like, they're calling him like a sexual predator and stuff. I don't feel... This whole thing makes me feel uneasy from the allegations against Deshaun Watson to the timing of it. Like, nothing that I like that we've seen from him at Clemson or with the Houston Texans. Like, he seemed like a very stand up guy, a great well, individual within the community and stuff. And to hear all of these allegations and stories, like, if you're, you have a few, okay, that's one thing. But the growing number, it's like, okay. Maybe we do have to take a, a different look at this guy. I mean, is he the, the next Darren Sharper or Kellen Winslow Jr.? Like, this is very bad stuff here that Deshaun Watson is in. But, and I don't want, because if, if something happened, then then absolutely he needs to get put on the exempt list. He needs to get charged, everything like that. But the, with the timing of it, and him saying, I've, I'm not going to play for the Houston Texans again, and I want to get traded, and him reiterating that. And then, you know, one by one, these allegations come up. You know, the Texans are, are they in on this? Like, trying to say, hey, okay, we're trying to cool the market down because we want him there. I just, it, it's just, this whole situation seems just, it's very uncomfortable and makes me uneasy. And I hope we get to the bottom of it here soon. Uh, I hope that the impressions that we have gotten from Deshaun Watson are correct and that we weren't fooled by this masked individual who's got this whole different persona and personality about him that makes him that uh, like a serial predator, serial sexual predator. Um, I don't know. This is just a, a very, very uneasy situation going on. Like, I think it was a surprise that Tiger Woods was the way he was because he didn't appear to be that type of guy, but he was. Um... You know, it's kind of like if this is like Antonio Brown, we would say, yeah, well, he's guilty because he sucks. Yes. But because it's Deshaun Watson, and like you said, there's been no indication that he's like this, it makes you wonder. But then all of a sudden, when two dozen women come forward and say, yep, it happened to me, I mean, once you get to a certain number, it's like, well, number, there's power in numbers. So we'll see what happens. Whatever happens, I don't. We'll see if he gets traded. I don't think it's really going to affect his career. Ben Roethlisberger, he was accused, and what, he got suspended a few games, and now people don't even mention that. But so. that was one. This is two, I know, that this was two one. dozen. I mean, and I don't know if, if Roethlisberger's thing was a bit more graphic, and these yeah. here maybe not as graphic, uh, right. but yeah. there's more of them, but maybe not as severe, uh, even though all sexual assault's pretty bad and harassment's bad. Yep. Um, I we'll saw see what you. happens with this, but ultimately the result, whatever it is, suspensions or, or whatnot, I don't think it's changed. Like he'll be playing next year. I don't think he, if he's suspended, it won't be for more than a few games because the NFL has shown that they don't 
really suspend I, guys all that much for things like this. I think the, so. the commissioner's exempt list is where he's going to head to if this doesn't get resolved here relatively quickly, uh, like an Adrian Peterson um, <clears throat> did, like uh, uh, who's who's Ray the, Rice? No, I, yeah, Ray Rice. I'm thinking of the uh, Greg Hardy. Um, yep. you know, throws his girlfriend on a or his fiance on a, a bed full of guns and stuff. And Watson's one of the top five quarterbacks, so. Yeah. You know, if this is somebody else, if this is, you know, whoever else there, they're getting cuts and, and, Manning, and yeah, get rid of them. Yeah, it's not. But, uh, yeah, but if, if this is C.J. Beathard, yep. um, he's, he's done. But yes. this is Deshaun Watson, one of, the, one of the best quarterbacks going right now. I saw one of the, like, they, they post a story with, like, one of the text messages, text message exchanges, and he was just like, hey, you know, like, talking about, you know, masseuse and stuff, like, are you okay with the groin area? I believe the the masseuse or whatever said yes. Like if that's if that's what you're basing this on, like because NFL players yeah. do need to get uh, they get their their groins that you know their lower body extremities <laughs> they get a massage. I mean it's like as a former president massage. used to say, if you're famous, they let you do it. Yeah, I so yeah. Who knows if, if I'm sure if that's the case, then Deshaun Watson's probably like this is. Uh, Consensual. I thought we were on the same page here. Maybe that's that's his alibi. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to know more here. I, it's it's very difficult with the number of of women that have come yep. forward with this. Um, but just, just again, the timing just seems so odd and yep. you know, just knowing who he was at that Clemson. Not, not obviously not knowing personally, but just what the the media portrayed the him, image of him yeah. there and and you know, what his coach said and stuff. I just. This is a completely out of left field. So hopefully we get some answers here soon, and um, we'll see, we'll keep monitoring this because this is certainly a situation worth warranting. Um, anything else we need to get to this week? Two shootings. Asians oh, yes. were shot in Atlanta. That was bad. Asian hate, uh, Asian American hate crimes are skyrocketing since coronavirus, and it was bad before, but it's gotten worse now. And Boulder, Colorado, grocery store, people shot with 10 people dead. So those shootings are back since things are opened up now. So there's that. Uh, I got my COVID shot yesterday, my first of two. Oh, congratulations. Went to Lewis, very quick and painless. Um, fuck my arm hurt last night, though, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's it's a lot better today, so a little sore. It should be good tomorrow. But it's like Jesus a Christ, shot, uh, isn't it? A little sore. I got the Moderna shot, and I have to go back in a month for the second one, and I didn't feel any symptoms, wasn't sick or tired, so good. we'll see what happens with shot number two, very quick in and out, so that's good. I look forward <clears> to the day when I can get that, and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later, but... Yeah, it was, you know, we've all gotten shots before, and this, I barely felt it. You know, usually sometimes the needle you feel in your arm for a few seconds, like, oh, that's, that's no fun, but this mm-hmm. one was... Very quick, so the guy did a good job with that. So we got that. Good. My, my final thing, I posted an interview here just before we started talking. Um, again, the, the governor of the state's very bad, obviously. Um, our big thing last couple of weeks is, fair, are, you, are you familiar with this fairness in women's sports yes. thing? Yes, yep, yep. Uh, <clears throat> and I saw a clip with her going at it with Tucker Carlson, the, the wonderful, yep. prestigious uh tucker carlson uh, person that he is yeah for the future vice president or presidential candidate christy gnome <clears throat> so she's made this an issue now and you know the 
transgender seems like every year the state legislature tries to pass something transgender related whether it's the bathrooms you can use in school or whatever just trying to dig at transgender kids which is not necessary there's not a lot of them and you don't got to make them feel bad it's it's bad Mm-hmm. So this one is a transgender bill in which you cannot be a transgender girl, so you can't be a boy turning into a girl and play girls' sports in the state. And uh, they tried to pass this, so this included college. And, of course, if this were to pass, I hope the Summit League and the NCAA would say goodbye, mm-hmm. tournaments of Sioux Falls. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> and the governor, who obviously has no idea what's going on and is not very smart, quite frankly, tweeted out a couple weeks ago, oh, very excited to sign this bill. Very excited. This is great. International mm-hmm. Women's Day or whatever the hell, International Sports Women's Day. Yep. Very excited to sign this. Well, she's not signing it, and she's not going to sign it because um, it's the college portion, and obviously they figured out, oh, yeah, uh, North Carolina, they had uh, issues with that, and they uh, got tournaments taken away mm-hmm. because of this. So Yeah, Tucker Carlson uh, said, are you going to let the NCAA bully you? And she's like, no, she's she's really backtracking on this here, trying to fluff this up to be something different than what it was, than its original intent was. So they've gotten rid of the college portion because that's bad for the money, economic aspect. But they're keeping the college portion. And she had something on Monday about fairness in women's sports and Title IX and all this horseshit. And they had Herschel Walker on a video conference and other players and all this stuff. And again, there, there's no transgender athletes in the states. There's no, there's no boy transitioning to become a girl that's playing any girl sport. It's happened once in 10 years. It was some cross-country runner, and this person was an average cross-country runner, so they're afraid of males dominating women's sports. Mm-hmm. Again, this, this does not happen here. This is not an issue. The uh, South Dakota High School Activities Association, they've had something in place for 10 years now about how to deal with something. That's happened once in 10 years, so they have their own policy in place so there's no reason for this the activities association has something in place as does the ncaa so they both have something in place to if this very very thing were to happen they've got guidelines that uh, the the athlete and player have to meet so this is just more of a a waste of time and uh yeah so they're continuing to do this and she's just continuing to do these hot button topics like covid and this and, and other things because uh, she she wants, you know, president, vice president, whatever her goal is. And she wants to, her supporters like this type of stuff to to rally the folks. So yeah. whatever she can do to get more attention like this is, is good for her. But again, just another waste of time. And I did an interview uh, today about that. So does this, does just, this bill have the overwhelming support of the state of South Dakota? Because that's what Tucker Carlson made it sound like. I don't know what it. I don't know what you would call a poll of the people. I don't know what they would say. Um, it probably even would have like the constituent, like even like the lawmakers and stuff. I mean, this barely passed. Like, what was? Yeah, the... obviously, anything he says is not true. Right, so he doesn't absolutely. know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, so they they passed it, and the governor said she was going to sign it. So excited, but obviously, she doesn't know what she's talking about. So. That didn't happen, and she sent it back for him to make some changes. But now even the Republicans who like the bill, they don't like that she uh, brought it back mm-hmm. uh, to them because they don't want to change it. So even the ones that support her don't like what she's doing. So just a big old mess, and it's it's not going anywhere because they're not going to pass it. They don't want to change it. Even if it were to pass, 
the courts the courts wouldn't allow it because there's stuff already in place and it's discrimination. And there's been a lot of states. Think Mississippi has passed something. Idaho as well. Idaho, okay. yep. A lot of states have brought it up, but it hasn't passed, and it's not going to pass here. And we'll do the same circle jerk next year, and I'm just wasting our time. They meet for what forty days or so, thirty-five days in Pier every uh, January, February, March. So they're just wasting our time because we've got everything else figured out. We got to go against transgender girls in the state in which there are none that play sports. I just think of, has there ever been a, a bill or a piece of legislation brought up that affects fewer people than zero? I don't think it does. <laughs> I mean, it's like, why are you wasting yeah. my time? It's like nobody in the state is this. So right. I don't understand. It's, it's baffling for sure. Um, well, congratulations yeah. on a successful fall and winter season. What I see, seventy games, seventy games. I count uh, them up to keep track of them. Driven. So, uh, congratulations on a job well done, my friend. Um, uh, again, yeah. congratulations on the mm-hmm. engagement and uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy. Do you get some time to relax now this week? Yes, we get time to relax till August. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so good for that. We got a couple of baseball drafts. We're excited for the baseball. Yep. We're happy that the baseball's back. We'll preview the baseball season next week. We'll talk Final Four, and maybe we'll talk yep. alignments and stuff, but a uh, realignment. But we'll get to that another time. But uh, enjoy, uh, relax a little bit. Enjoy the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight, and we'll talk next week, my friend. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Uh, lot, to, lot discussed there. March Madness heavily, uh, but had to talk uh, you know touch base on or touch the topics on deshaun watson and uh what's going on with the ncaa women's tournament which is yeah just like if it's it's staggering just how tone deaf the ncaa is regarding this and hopefully it changed but i mean my god it's treat them the same they're equal they're not lesser citizens the, the women basketball players i mean they have every right to be in the ncaa tournament and enjoy the same experience as the men even if they don't make the NCAA quite as much money, you you owe them that for all that they've done this season. It's just ridiculous. Uh, so next week, Sweet 16 Elite Eight reaction, Final Four preview, baseball preview as the season begins next week, and uh, hopefully we'll get in touch with Jeff Lloyd the second to get his reaction to some of these other pro days that have been going on, Alabama specifically, um, and then uh, in April. Heavily into it, we'll, we'll preview the, the offensive players, the defensive players, and have a mock draft with him. So a lot of Jeff Lloyd, the second uh, from the Lockdown Browns podcast, over the next month plus. So looking forward to that. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find this podcast available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStack and Travis Crins at Travis Crins. Facebook, Nathan Stack, and a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Next week will be a little later because the Elite Eight doesn't uh, end until Tuesday. So about the same time probably that you are listening to it this week. So hopefully you've enjoyed uh, March Madness so far. Upsets, uh, bracket being shredded up aside. It's been great so far. It's just fantastic that we have the NCAA tournaments back. And that's what matters most. March Madness is here. We are enjoying it so for travis i'm nathan thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the sports blog podcast hope you tune in again next week uh, we'll have a really good show for you next week as well with the baseball preview taking up a large part of our time but again thank you for listening 
enjoy the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. Enjoy the, the warmer weather. Enjoy spring. It's here. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.